welcome back to another episode of Hey Alexa. Today I have Simone John Giordano, also Simone G. Um, she's a life and business coach. She's also a chronic illness warrior, and she uses her what she's gone through and to help her with her business um, and to teach other people how to use health and business. Um, I'm excited to talk to her about how she came to be. And um, yeah, so hi, Simone. How are you? Hi, Alexa. Doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you for coming on. Um, I'm excited to hear about you and how you kind of got to where you are today. So start from the beginning or however you want to go about it. Wonderful. I'll share. I've been an entrepreneur on my own for about 15 years since leaving the um, corporate world. And I did leave because of chronic health challenges um, on top of a bad accident um, that I still have in manage injuries from. Um, So in 2018, 2017 into 2018, um, my marketing business was doing really well. I have a couple, had a couple part-time employees and so forth. And it was, my father was terminally ill and I wanted to be there. I wanted yeah. to lean into the experience and be totally present as much as I could. So my husband and I were primary caregivers for him. And um, I actually pulled my business back some to do that. And what came about from that was like, I like to say, you know, that was my gift to my dad and my mom Mm -hmm. and family to be there. And it also made a really challenging situation, actually inspirational and brought a lot of peace to it by leaning into it. Yeah. Um, But the gift I got from it was the life lesson that all that matters in the end is the impact we have and the love we share. Yes, very much so. (laughs) That helped. I had been feeling the shift coming on for well over a year, probably even longer. And I always tried to hide my health challenges, hide behind a mask that, Hey, I'm fine. Or or, I'm just tired today. Or if I could hardly move my head, my neck's just stiff today. And, and, and because of denying where I really was with those, even though I was extremely focused on well-being and had built my business around my health challenges, I still put a wall up (coughs) between letting other people know, because you know, there, there is stigma. It is real and of perception of weakness. And yes. that, that is not true. Some of the strongest, wisest, most compassionate people I know have many health challenges. Um, but then I think me- too, and I think too, is we sometimes feel like people don't care. Yes. Like if that makes sense, it's like people are just asking to ask. And there and are people we, that do that. So like, you don't want to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm you're that you're complaining or that yeah. even though you should be allowed to. But and then we he, contribute to our own suffering yeah. by trying to hide, not knowing how to communicate, how to share that with others. So they do understand because most of us have been burnt. Maybe, you know, you're, you're not able to show up as much with friends. You're, it's, mm-hmm. you're struggling through work and and half the time we don't understand what's going on. <laughs> it's common right. to take years. And, and that's just the way it is. It is challenging. Um, but I had, I was really putting this wall up trying to pretend. And in hindsight, I see <laughs> I didn't do a good job hiding it at all. <laughs> no, and we usually don't. <laughs> no. Um, but that gave me the courage to say, Hey, you know what? I do have all these health challenges. I have 20 plus diagnoses. Some of them are very serious. Some of them are quote rare that I don't even know how to pronounce (laughs) (laughs) and they significantly impact my life. 
But that opened the doors for me to shift from managing my marketing business. Um, and I, one thing I, I always have been pretty good at um, finding clients aligned with me who, and who have very good retention rate. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I worked on slowly transitioning that as I built the lifestyle and business coaching. Yeah. And, but it really was that situation of where I couldn't hide anymore to be yeah. there for my dad. There was no way to hide anymore. I couldn't get away every day with, I'm just tired today, or I'm just stiff. And because I could really, I couldn't lift my arms at the time, actually. So my husband was my arms, you know, he, he was the one who did the physical stuff for my dad and everything. That's a great um, partnership. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, but that's what gave me the courage to shift. Mm -hmm. And once, and, and I can see in hindsight how I did some of this, but by really embracing our challenges and saying, this is a limitation I have, and that's okay. It's very, very empowering. And it helps shift us from a place of doing things because it's how others expect us, or it's just, yeah. we haven't given it much thought. It's just how you do things to, Hey, I can't do that. And that's okay. What will work for me? How can I do that? Right. And I actually refer to that as the power of, I can't. Um, I love that. Yeah. So the power of, I can't is ultimately about being able to say so that you can, um, I'll, I'll share a story of when I actually put a name to it. And I realized I've lived this way long-term, but I hadn't really put a name to it. We were, had moved to Florida, um, in 2016. And we did that because of my well-being. Yep. Um, to help support my lungs by the ocean. Ocean air is very <laughs> good for lung issues. <laughs> and I wanted to go to a yoga class. And in Pittsburgh, the yoga class I was in was an uh, Iyengar therapy class. So there was only five of us. And we each had our own custom program around our unique challenges. And there were three, three teachers. That's awesome. Yeah. So I knew I would not be able to do hardly anything that a regular yoga class did. <laughs> And that I might never be able to. Right. I, I really wanted to go. I wanted to be around the community. I wanted to meet people. And so I just decided to hop in the car, get there a few minutes early, talk to the yoga instructor and just say, hey, look, I'm, I can't do most of what you're going to do. Um, I don't even lay down. So if, is it okay if I just do my own thing? And she's like, sure, grab a mat, join us. So glad to have you here. Oh, yeah. I, I probably did like 10% of what the class did. <laughs> but. I got to be in the community, but it was literally by saying, I can't do that. And yeah. it's okay that it shifted the whole, my whole outlook on showing up and participating. And when you start to apply those same kind of concepts to work, um, then you get to find solutions. Like it's easy to, uh, I'm sure if there's other individuals with chronic pain and fatigue, you know, sitting at a desk can be challenging for an yes. extended period of time. I agree. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like I start my, I started my own business too, because of my chronic pain. Like mm -hmm. I wasn't able to necessarily work a full-time job. Right. But now I can work my own hours. And if there's a day I'm not feeling good, I can work around that. So you've learned to pace around it. Yes. And it, um, I don't know if you did this at first, but it is also very common to, well, I'm going to work for four hours or six hours or whatever, and not listen to our bodies because that's yeah. normal. That's how you work. That's how we should work. Or that's how somebody thinks we should. Right. And then we're struggling to show up the next day. Exactly. I'm learning and, it, the pacing. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. I learned that in therapy about pacing. So absolutely. And it's I've been so, using it a lot more. Uh, yeah. And it's so important and there's pacing on so many levels. Um, I literally could not sit at the desk for five minutes without being down the rest of the day. It took me a lot of strategy planning actually, and building the right team around me to be able to get back to the desk. Um, And so that involved a lot of curiosity, like, okay, this isn't working, but I'm not going to give up hope who might be able to help me. I was never supposed to look up and it was 11 years in my husband's jaw. When I looked up the first time, his jaw just dropped. (laughs) Um, and, you know, just being able to like this, I could not do this for many years, uh, struggling to carry a plate because of pain and stuff. So, um, so curiosity and saying, okay, this doctor isn't helping me who might be able to, Yeah. and in, in the meantime, how can I work? So once I said, you know what, I can't work at the desk. And I started sitting, I, I have worked out of bed a lot in the past, but that was more lung issues. Um, so when I, I had a reclining chair, so the computer on my lap, and that's yeah. how I ran my business because my arms were in a position. Right. That didn't that you were able to, yeah. I yes. understand that. So when, so if, if, if you're trying, if somebody's trying to push through working at a desk or something, because that's just how it, you do it. And you, you taking a look at, well, how much, how much more could you work if you find an alternate solution? How much, how many clients, you know, could you bring on more clients? Could you bring on more, more funds? Are you putting your business at risk by trying to do things the way that's quote normal? Um, I did have, when I go back to, I left the corporate world in 2008 and I was in bad shape. Um, When I left, I, I literally could, my movement was so slow. I was falling asleep at my desk. Everything was unmanaged um, because of the injury had flared everything. And when I started my business, it was literally like you had referred to Alexa. Um, I built the business around, what can I do? If it's two in the morning and I can work for two hours, what can I do? Right. And I set boundaries like that. So what kind of client can I take on? So I actually was kind of an early stage virtual assistant um, when it was a new industry. And then I still, I had three shutdowns in the first five years, even being focused on my well-being. And it was because I kept trying to push through. Or the other thing I didn't pace was the business growth. Yeah. I mentioned I've always had a pretty good, um, I've been very fortunate in connecting with the right people to bring business on pretty easily. And so that caused challenges in growing too quickly before I had all the right systems in place or the right team in place. Right. So saying yes to wonderful opportunities ended up causing three shutdowns in my business. And the last time was um, through the small business development center. I was asked if I would be interested in developing a program to deliver to Duquesne university staff. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is a wonderful opportunity. How do I pass this up? While developing a program was a four day program is a lot of work. <laughs> and I yeah. knew that uh, I have having come from the corporate world, creating training, training manuals for 3000 people and being in systems mm-hmm. implementation. I knew it was a lot of work, but I also thought I'm doing good. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. That's usually what happens. Like you'll have one, like a good day or good moments. And then all yeah. of a sudden you do too much. And then that's when you have your bad days. 
Exactly. And I call that the cycle of setbacks. I don't know if you have a way to refer to it. Um, but when you start recognizing, oh my gosh, I am doing that cycle of setbacks then, and, and you start to see the loss. I mean, I ended up shutting down for an entire year um, over that. I transferred my clients to a peer so that they were well cared for. Um, all things work out. I rebranded and opened as the marketing business and a storefront. But it was challenging to have to shut down again because it's right. hard not to feel like you fail right? at the time. <laughs> Absolutely. And I guess, you know, if you, if someone finds themselves in that cycle of setbacks, you know, or just struggling, like, it's just like, I'm just getting through every day, you know, to stop and listen to the signals your body's giving you challenge yourself. What, where am I telling myself I can do this where maybe if I step back and say, Hey, that that's an obstacle to me. Maybe I can find a different way around it, or maybe there's a lifestyle habit I can change. Or if it, maybe it's something you truly cannot do at this time or ever, then what's the need that you, that that's so important to you and how can you fulfill that? And, and So an, an example of a need that you might have, and it's something that you can't do and maybe might not ever be able to do is um, for my business coaching package, when I was um, launching this program, actually, my business coach was in Colorado and included within that package was an equine retreat, but she lives at 8,000 feet and I can't <laughs> be at that altitude with my lung issues. And I was so like, I just, I wanted to go so bad and it, and I don't know if you ever have that little push. It makes you a little bit angry and you get this good insight. I'm like, yes. Okay. I can't go. I just have to accept. I cannot go. It's, and right. it's not going to happen. So what, what can I do? And I realized what my need was, was I want, I really love those kind of environments where you're, you're collaborating and brainstorming with other entrepreneurs and you're learning from and I was like, I live on an island. <laughs> Why not have my own destination, you retreat and have people come here right. and do that myself? That was the need. Um, pandemic hit, so that hasn't happened <laughs> right after that. But that's, that's what I mean by, okay, I can't do that. But what's the need that's so important to and feel that you, that you want to fulfill? Right. Um, so that, that's part of like the power of I can't as well. And it's true because sometimes you can't push yourself if you don't have that choice, like mm-hmm. unless you want to be struggling or really sick or something, yes. but you can make the change. You can change it. Or maybe they could have like had Zoom or something if they had known Zoom, but like there's right. other options. Right, exactly. And it is hard in our culture, in our society, um, there, there are, there's this unfortunate stigma around um, chronic health challenges. And the irony of that is I think we really need to question it because there's over 43% have one or more diagnosed health, chronic health challenges. That number mm-hmm. is huge. And you take that and you expand that and that's just diagnosed. And we know how many people, I mean, there's a lot of people in process or not diagnosed yeah. may never be diagnosed. And then on top of that is there's very few people who really live with optimal health and well-being. Yeah. So I, I think we need to question, why don't we talk about it more? Exactly. I think it needs to come out. And I think it's starting to slowly, but surely, yeah. like with mental health. And 
I think things are coming out more. It's going to be a while, but I think we're getting somewhere. I agree there's a big shift from 20 years ago or 25 years ago, or even 10 years ago, and even pre-pandemic. I think the pandemic has helped shift things forward 10 plus years. Yeah, for sure. Because now people are understanding that they can work from home or they can start their own business or they can do mm-hmm. whatever they want. Um, yes. What is some advice maybe you have for a listener that maybe is suffering rather they're diagnosed or not diagnosed mm-hmm. and they're just not sure what to do or they're not at that I can't stage yet? Um, assuming an entrepreneur, self-employed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or someone that's even transitioning, maybe, maybe they're working, but they're not, but they want to do something on their own. Perfect. Yes. If you're having any kind of health challenge and, you know, really to be honest with, start with being honest with yourself, how much is it impacting you? You know, go, go in nature, pull a sketch pad, pull a journal, whatever, and just start to write and answer. How is this holding me back? How is this impacting my life? How is this impacting my mental well-being? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just start journaling around it, talking around it, whatever works for you best um, and see what comes up with that. Um, and then self-compassion. I think self-compassion is so important. I actually consider it the underlying theme that just sort of runs all through everything. We have to be compassionate with ourselves um, to support our own well-being. And and the thing is there is when you do that, you start to see other people differently too. Yeah. You start to see the doctor who maybe didn't believe you or the friend who maybe didn't feel like there is, hey, they didn't understand what's going on. That's not their training. And that's healing for you. Yeah. I've like, I've saying to someone else recently is after I was always an empathetic person, but Same I here. become more empathetic mm-hmm. dealing with what I deal with because you don't realize maybe someone, maybe that waitress or the server is not the nicest or they have mm-hmm. attitude, but maybe they're in pain and they have to work. They can't miss. Right. Or they're not at that point where they're ready to do something else to help them, but they might not have that choice. Exactly. And you just don't know what someone's going through because you're not, you can't see it. Yes. And, and what you just said about being empathetic, it's easy if you're really empathetic to take other people's problems on too heavy. But if you start switching that to compassion, that lightens your load. There's a lot. If um, I actually have a certification in compassion training um, and and so forth. And um, Dr. Jumpa, I can't say his name, (laughs) (laughs) he's English translator for the Dalai Lama. And he created a program that is now run out of Stanford, an eight week program. And he also does a lot of other training and so forth. And um, when, but, but there's also studies about, you know, compassion fatigue. Is it really mm-hmm. compassion fatigue or is it empathy fatigue? Because if you transfer that to compassion and you just feel for them and wish with them, wow, you don't have to necessarily carry feel that it. burden so much. Yes. And I, I think I'm, energy is so important. If you have chronic health challenges, if you have any chronic yes. illness or anything that the more we can manage our energy, not just our time, but our energy, looking that everything gives you energy or drains it. So that's aligning your life to your beliefs and values. Yeah. Um, because when you carry someone else's problems, like if, when you're empathetic heavy. and you feel it, that's stress too. And stress can hurt your chronic, chronic pain worse yes. too, or Absolutely. chronic illnesses. 
Yes, exactly. Just like pacing. It's looking at the whole picture of, uh, so actually my building balance to empower programs, it's not about work-life balance. It's about inner balance. Um, and and it's ultimately, you know, I truly believe the world's better when we each live our best life. And when you don't know how to navigate these challenges and get in that cycle of getting by, you know, we don't get to contribute the gifts we have and that wears on us too. So I look at being able to work as a gift, not a, Oh, I have to work, but Oh my gosh, what a gift. I get to share, I get to help other people, whether it's through my marketing or whether it's through coaching, it's helping other people. And it's sharing that back to the lesson from my dad. It's sharing that impact of helping others have a better life as well. I love Um, that. So I think really focusing on what also what gifts do you have that you want to share? And I know there's a lot about, you know, following your passion, doing what you love. And I absolutely agree with, but that doesn't have to be your starting point. If you're new to entrepreneurship or if you're leaving the corporate world or workplace, it's okay to not know what your passion is and you can still find work, like work for another small business owner who needs how the lot of small business owners are needing help. And it's a wonderful way to grow your own yeah. skills, to start your own business. Right. Um, so those are parts of the journey to consider. And also is being honest with yourself about the lifestyle that you need and want. Yeah. So I might want to work 60 plus hours, but it's not going to bode well for me physically. Um, so when you look at your needs, how much at this point in time, things can change. Are you reasonably able to work while managing your pain or illness or fatigue or whatever your symptoms avoiding seizures? I mean, I've worked with people with all kinds of different managing diabetes, whatever it is, where are you? How much can you work right now in a day, in a week, in a month? Mm-hmm. What are your priorities? Is it, you know, some people it's like, oh, I really want to spend time with my grandchild children. How do we build yeah. that in? So instead of looking at being tempted to look at, oh, I want to earn $100,000 in three three months or two months or six Mm -hmm. months, it's not that you can't, but depending on your skill set, depending on your network, depending on where you are in that whole journey, do you need that much? Or to some people, that's a lot. To other people, it's not much at all. (laughs) Right. It just depends. Yeah. So don't let go of the social. That's to me a social norm driving that decision. If it's 10,000 a month or hundred K or 250, that's a societal, that's a, that's a norm. Mm -hmm. It's not what you are selecting for you. So when you start to think what, what's my day-to-day lifestyle, how do I picture that? And I'm not talking about a glorified vacation of woohoo. I'm always eating out everything, but what's, what really feels good, peaceful, content, joyful on a day-to-day basis. What little action can you start taking now to get there? Yeah. versus just dreaming. Sometimes it's easy to dream. <laughs> right. And, and then that can be frustrating. Yeah. Because it's not coming. Yeah. 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 So envisioning that lifestyle, knowing your needs, knowing your physical limitations, accepting, and even embrace, I like to say embracing them. And yeah. this is, this is my challenge. Um, you know, this is this one part of me there's all these other wonderful parts of you and that's a, to that help sort of even out, like when you're having those challenging setbacks, mm-hmm. 
for sure. Um, Thank you for that advice. I think I've even started realizing it for myself too. And it can be hard to, especially to get started with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Before I let you go, I want to play a game. Okay. Um, A five question game. And then you can tell us where we can find you. Okay. Um, So the first question is drink of choice. Oh, um, amazing coffee. We roast our own beans. (laughs) No way. That's awesome. (laughs) My husband built the roaster. We roast it right, right out back here. And I love coffee. The reason I love coffee is because I relate it to conversations. Yeah. Or journaling or pondering. That's why it's my favorite drink. I love that. Um, If you have a favorite movie or TV show or both. (laughs) This is silly. A movie. It's not necessarily my favorite that makes me laugh is Tammy. I haven't seen that one, but I've heard of it. And then advice to your younger self? Follow your heart and um, follow your own advice. My my title of my um, graduation talk to my my class was be your own person. I love that. I was 18 Uh, years old. I had it right. (laughs) um, And then five words to describe yourself. Learner, empathetic, compassionate, quirky, and sometimes silly. That's, those are good ones. <laughs> um, and then the last one is, what does success mean to you? Perfect. Success to me is simply being able to share my gifts on a regular basis, encourage others to do the same financially, just be able, I don't have these huge financial goals. It's just being able to live a comfortable life where yes. I'm able to share my gifts and I'm able to focus on my own well-being so that I can be there for others professionally, personally, and be there to be able to lean into the hard times for others who are really important to me. Those are all awesome answers. I love them all. And where can we find you? Yes. Uh, my site is simoneg.net and on there are um, all the links to the various social and so forth. And, you know, if I can share this, um, this really goes along with where I started about my lesson that all that matters in the end is the impact we have and the love we share soon, very soon. I'm going to be releasing a song that co-wrote with Christina Wells of America's Got Talent. And that is the theme of the song. And it came about from, from that experience. And we're just now getting closer to actually launching that. So I'm excited. That's amazing. That's so exciting. She's up. She's amazing. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So look for that to be coming out in the near future. Yes. And then, um, yeah. So thank you so much for coming on and I've been so enjoyed talking to you and I hope my listeners I have taken something away from today, but um, this was another episode of Hey Alexa, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.